We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski, and I have with me Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark. From and, and Matt, you actually have a location. I, I do. do. Yeah, I, let me I'm share the that. Wanderer. I'm the wanderer, the wandered Aramean. I'm in I'm in New Athens <laughs> right now, but you never know where I might be coming from. But where, where but, are you at all the time? Yes, I, I am here all the time in beautiful South St. Louis. Why would you ever want to leave South St. Louis? <laughs> of course, I'm going to be here. We've got Ted Drews. We've got the We've got the oak trees right now that are dropping acorns like crazy. Why would you want to leave? So, <laughs> well, that's why. If you go there, you get your head hit with acorns. <laughs> you do. You get pelted. I drive down the roads, and it really you you get pelted. You hear it on your windshield and on the, uh, the roof of your car. It's it's crazy. So we're in this area called St. Louis Hills, and there are yeah. big trees, beautiful trees everywhere, but. Um, but yeah, it's a hazard right now this time of year, John. And they're wreck- wrecking their revenge. <laughs> Wear a hat if you come see me, okay? <laughs> Some kind of protective head covering. Have the hard hat on when you visit there at Ascension. Um, well, you know, we, we always try to start with some, something a little bit lighter, a little bit humorous. Oh, oh, humorous. Ha, ha, get, get this. So I have my wife's one of her birthday cards, okay? One of her birthday cards. And on the cover, it has a bone. Uh, and of course, anyone who would be, a, you know, a doctor, a physician, a nurse, you know, anyone trained in anything medical would tell you right away, it's the upper arm bone. You got that, Matt? It's the upper the arm upper bone. The upper arm bone. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I've yeah. got it. I'm just setting this up because the medical people out there, they're just going to be rolling on the floor. When I, and then you open the card and it says, I found this card humorous. <laughs> See, because that's the humorous. The upper arm is the humorous. Yeah, I'm sure the medical professionals got it, John. They're... <laughs> no, right now they're just, and they need something to make them happy because it's been rough. Yes, with it COVID. Is. They need something to lighten their day. Well, this will solve it, John. If nothing else, this will, well, no, this will give them a laugh. No, no, it gets it gets better, Matt, because oh, we can't kids, get any worse. <laughs> these are things that their kids wrote in her birthday card. Mom, mom, they say, the future, the present, and the past walked into a bar. Things got a little tense. <laughs> Is that for the English teachers, John? <laughs> <laughs> That's for Lynn. She's grammarian. the grammarian. She's the grammarian. <laughs> oh, I hear it was. I was addicted. I was addicted to the hokey pokey, but thankfully, I turned myself around. <laughs> Well, that's that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. Don't 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 trust Adams. They make up everything. <laughs> but, oh, 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 it took me a while to get that one. But yeah, look for well, physicist the friends. Yes. The, the physicist friends would have got yes, that right away. Gotcha. They, they okay. make up Adams. They make up everything. <laughs> Thanks for explaining the word many to me. It means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. That's you like that one? <laughs> That's my favorite. Put a put a star by that one, John. That's a okay, keeper. Well, we'll underline that one. Put it uh, in the rest one. of the basics file. <laughs> what, what, one, one more here. My math teacher called me average. 
How mean. <laughs> That's right. We covered all of them. We covered science. We covered medicine. We covered math. <laughs> Incredible. A little something for everyone on wrestling with the basics. There you go. So, and and, and that, that was uh, here's the other reason why I wanted to share this with you, because my wife is actually going to be a contributor to wrestling with the basics today. Oh, boy. Um, well, what, what I want to do is I want to talk about the parable of the 10 virgins, uh-huh. uh, but, but I bring with me a brain trust. Uh, uh, if there's anything that I, I say today that seems worthwhile, it's probably because I listened to uh, 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 Pastor Bruce Kaiseman preach on this text, Matthew 25. I heard uh, my the fellow who replaced me, a very fine uh, gentleman, Pastor Lyle Bittner, preach on this. And we actually even had some input from Pastor David Renault down in Leesburg, Florida, who happens to be my father-in-law's pastor. And so Jerry's up with us. And so we listened to his pastor preach on this text too. Plus, of course, the insights of my beloved wife, who just celebrated her 67th birthday, uh, my wife, Lynn Lukomsky. And now I'm thinking, was it 67? <laughs> Maybe it was 68. And, and, yeah, which birthday was it? And was I supposed to say that on the air? <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, so anyway, we, we all know the story. We all know the story of the Ten Virgins. Uh, if you want to look it up, it's Matthew 25, the uh, verses 1 through 12. Uh, but the story is pretty straightforward. Uh, we've got these ten uh, virgins. Uh, they're all waiting for the bridegroom to show up. Because that's what you do, apparently. That's that's what uh, Pastor Kaysman kind of laid out for us, the practice of uh, Jewish weddings where the, the bridal party, uh, uh, the groom comes to the, the bride's house and takes the bride and takes her, her bridesmaids with him and they go back to the groom's house. Uh, but for some reason in the parable, the, the, the groom shows up late and, and all of the bridesmaids kind of fall asleep. And when they wake up, oh, here's the bride, here's the groom, here's the groom. Unfortunately, five of them were foolish because they didn't have any oil for their lamps. Five, on the other hand, did have oil. Uh, and, and so they were able to go with the bridegroom. Uh, the virgins who didn't have the oil, of course, grumble and complain, say, hey, give us some of your oil because uh, our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And of course, the sad end of the story is uh, after they go and buy extra oil, it's too late when they get to the door uh, there of the marriage feast. The groom says, I, I do not know who you are. Kind of an odd, strange parable, but but we've got five wise and five foolish virgins. What have you done with this? I know you've preached on this in the past. What have you done with this parable in the past, Matt? Well, it is about more than just first century wedding etiquette, right, John? Yes. So, yes. Well, so, it's, so it's good to know the background, though, behind that. And I think that is kind of a beautiful picture of the, the groom coming for the bride. That's kind of cool. Um, but I think uh, we can safely say that along with the other parables here in Matthew 25 uh, that we're talking about the last day. We're talking about yes. when that, that yeah. groom himself comes, right, uh, comes for his bride, the church. And we're talking about Jesus Christ and his return on that final day. Uh, but, yeah, it's consistent, consistent picture here, him and the groom and we, uh, as followers, is the church, the bride. And, and, and again, uh, you know, this business about it being the end, I, there's no doubt about that. If you read the context, uh, there we have the parable about the man who goes away on a journey. 
and then comes back to see how his uh, servants did while he was away. We, we have, of course, the story of the end of the world is in this section of Matthew where Jesus Christ and divides the world into the sheep and the goats and numerous uh, uh, exhortations that we better get ready because we don't know the day or the hour. In fact, that's how this particular parable concludes. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Um, so, so here, I think, is always the question that people wrestle with. Uh, so what is the oil? Because that's the distinction. We've got we've got ten virgins, uh, but five are wise and five are foolish. And the only difference between them uh, is that the five had oil and the other five didn't. So, what do you think about that? Sure. Well, I think the the oil is shows their readiness. Uh, so they are ready uh, for the bridegroom's return, whenever that might be. And so our readiness for Christ's return, uh, how do we prepare ourselves? How are we made ready for his return? Well, I'd say, well, by first and foremost, word and sacrament, by being in God's word, uh, by coming to the Lord's Supper, by living each day in our baptismal identity. Uh, that is our readiness for Christ's return, uh, knowing that it, it could be at any time. Uh, be ready, be prepared. And I, I love how Jesus himself ends with that. Watch, you know not the day or the hour. So how do we ready ourselves? Well, not with oil. Uh, but with word and sacrament. So, so I, and and that was a common theme uh, through through all of the uh, passages that we listened to, because of course uh, they're all Lutherans, and that's what you're going to get from a Lutheran. <laughs> okay, oh, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> well, I'm just for if somebody maybe stumbled across us, and and we're always talking about word and sacrament. Well, that's what you get. We're we're Lutherans. We've come out of the closet years it. ago. We're not yeah. hiding any of that stuff. Uh, um. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, although <laughs> dear, dear pastor Casey, good old Bruce playing right along with everything we've been doing up to this point, he said, guess what? Can you guess what kind of oil it was? Well, of course it had to be EVO, right? Extra virgin olive oil. <laughs> so, so send your letters to Bruce Kaseman and Freeberg. <laughs> that is wrestling the basics caliber kind of it joke. Is. It is. When I heard that, I said, well, we gotta, we got to talk about that. got to work that, that one in. Uh, um, now, now, the thing is, though, okay, so, so it's about readiness. And, and I like that. I think that's probably a, uh, the, the, the best uh, way I've heard it described so far, because uh, obviously that's the issue. You know, that's what he says at the end. You, that's you, what you, Jesus you, says, you yeah. Watch. Yeah, watch, because you don't. Uh, um, uh, Pastor Renault didn't actually literally say this, but but his his comments made me think about this. That that maybe maybe and, and see that's why I like your answer because maybe no, we, we don't need to figure out what the oil is per se. It's just the point that you don't want to be the people that aren't ready when he comes. That that's all there is to it. You, well, you learn sure. that you learn that in, in in your sermon classes, right? That in parables sometimes there's just what the point of comparison. Did you have that when you went to seminary? Did they talk sure. about the point? Yeah, uh, which is to say that maybe you shouldn't work on all the details. It's just it's trying to make a point. So don't get confused by all the little things that are in there. Yeah. Uh, uh, although it's the fun, it's fun to talk about the little things, though, isn't it, Matt? Oh yeah, I mean it's good to just speculate a little bit and dig deep into scripture and see if there's other consistent pictures of different things. Yeah, that's great, but and we don't want to uh, add though either to what Jesus is trying to get across. 
Well, well, see, the operative word there was consistent, Matt. Thank you. Because that's the thing. If, if we see other things in the Bible that match up with this, in fact, particularly if we have other very clear Bible passages, well, I think that's fair to say, oh, can't you see this scripture in here as well? Sure. Uh, even though that might not be the point of the parable. Yeah, we can see that that illustrated. Um, I, I'll give you an example. that This comes from my wife, Lynn. I thought this was an interesting insight. So, so the picture is, let, let me read the verse if I can find here. Uh, but when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, which I'm thinking that is foolish, right? Yeah. It's like having a flashlight without batteries, right? Exactly. Okay. It's no good. So anyway, they, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. Now, have you ever done anything with the drowsy and slept in there, uh, uh, Matt, in terms of preaching on this? Well, I think, again, you know, the consistency in Scripture, other places Jesus talks about staying awake <laughs> when yeah, we look yeah. for his return. And as uh, as the night drags on for these, and it's midnight, right, uh, they're drowsy, they're sleeping. And uh, I think, boy, uh, throughout Scripture, there's a lot to work with there. You know, awake, O sleeper. Um, boy, just to be prepared to be awake. Well, and, and again, if, if you read through these chapters, this is not the first time that Jesus says, be awake and watch. That's mm -hmm. the whole theme. Yeah. It is, by the way, kind of why we're doing this at this point, because uh, uh, it's Advent. And, and part of Advent is the realization that Christ is going to come again. So we better be prepared and, and ready for that. It's not just a matter of getting your Christmas presents bought before the 25th. But there might be other things you should have ready, because who knows? You know, we might not make it to Christmas this year. He, he may return before that. Uh, Lynn's, though, I, I thought, and I'd never occurred to me, I've never heard anyone uh, address this before, is that maybe the image of sleep here is the image of death. Because the Bible often, you, in fact, we've been reading through uh, kings, and, and every king, uh, when they die, that's what it says, they, they, they are buried with their fathers and they slept. Uh, and it tickles me in the, the uh, Lutheran Study Bible. Every time it says that, there's a footnote saying, it means they died. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, we kind of figured that out. <laughs> but thanks for reminding us. So I thought that, because that's how it will be for most of us, right? We will, we will die before he returns. Uh, all of my loved ones that I know from the last few generations, they're no longer here. I've lost my grandparents, my parents. You know, they all believed the Lord was going to return, but no, no, they they got drowsy, they fell asleep. Uh, so I thought, well, that's that that could very well be uh, that maybe that's what the parable is talking about. That for most of us, Jesus is not going to return before we fall asleep and and we die. Uh, um, any thoughts? Other thoughts? You yeah, might have I would, yeah, I think certainly a, a spiritual death, maybe more mm -hmm. than anything, uh, you know, to kind of play with Lynn's uh, insight, a spiritual death, uh, because. Uh, boy, you know, in, in verse 12 there, the, he says to those very same virgins, uh, truly I say to you, I don't know you. you yeah. know? And for those yeah. of us who have died in faith, you know, who have died in Christ, we just had a, had a funeral just yesterday, in fact. Um, you know, Judy, whose funeral was, she died in Christ. And yeah, she, the Lord knows her and, and he's going to raise her on the last day, that body, and, and take her to be with him. So um, yeah, I would say, you know, maybe a spiritual death, certainly with those five virgins who were drowsy and, and unprepared. And and again, Pastor Kaiserman pointed out to me uh, that Paul uses sleep that way. Sometimes Paul uses sleep, and he's just referring to death. <laughs> we have a little footnote in the Bible. They died. Uh, uh, but sometimes, yeah, the sleep here can be the spiritual sleep. Like, like you say, that they've they've 
lost their faith or, or however you want to say it, somehow they've become disconnected from their Lord and, and the sad words here, I, I do not know you. Um, the thing I thought was interesting, though, in this particular parable is that everybody falls asleep. Right. It's not just the the foolish versions that fall asleep. See, if I was doing the parable, that's how I would have done it. The mm -hmm, foolish mm -hmm. versions, they'd fall asleep. And of course, the wise versions know they're awake and alert, yep. which is what you'd kind of think, because that's the concluding thing. Watch, he says, therefore, for you know, neither the day or the hour. But in the parable, everybody falls asleep, which would run with Lynn's thought. Because sure. everybody's going to die. Gonna die. Yeah. 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 Uh, but then my initial thought was that everybody is still a sinner. OK, so that's not the distinction here. It's not that we got they're, they're, that they're wise because, oh, they're, they're bright and alert. Oh, no, baby, they're not going to fall asleep. No, no, uh, we all are going to die because we are all sinners. The wages of sin is death. So I don't know. I, to me, I thought that was maybe a helpful thing to realize that. No, that's not the distinction between the wise and the foolish. It's not that the wise are these really good, holy people and the foolish are these evil, wicked. But no, no, they're all sinners. They all We'll fall asleep. We'll all die because of sin. But then it goes back to what the oil is, uh, the readiness that you talked about. Uh, and as you said, what was the readiness again, Matt? Yeah, I would say word and sacrament. Why? To stay connected to Christ Jesus, our Savior, through word and sacrament, as he keeps us connected to him. So so Pastor Renault down in Florida, uh, uh, he he used the word, the uh, uh, the oil of faith is the word he used. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, when they're preaching it, that's what they would put the the oil as. It, it is faith. And that, of course, would work. That would work, right? Because sure. in the end, it's going to be faith that will distinguish between those on the left and, and those on the right. Uh, um, again, uh, Lynn's insight, and, and, I, and I really, this tickled me. For Lynn, it was forgiveness. It was forgiveness. That's what they had. They had the, the, the forgiveness. And, and you know me, I love forgiveness, Matt. <laughs> I'm a big uh, fan of forgiveness, huh? <laughs> well, if you're as ornery and stinky yeah. as I am, you know, you really begin <laughs> to appreciate that. And people think I'm making fun, but it's, it's, it's the truth. Yeah. Uh, um, so I like the, the, the forgiveness. Uh, and, and then I think finally, though, see, that's the thing. Faith, forgiveness, maybe gospel. Because, uh, by the way, I hope people understand when Lutherans say word and sacrament, we're not talking about ritual, right? You're not talking about that, are you? You're not talking about ritual. No, You're no. Not, God no. at work, God acting, God, <laughs> God forgiving, bestowing salvation, all those things. Yeah, we're talking about that Jesus Christ literally came into this earth to suffer and die for our sins, rose again so we would know that that's what he accomplished. And he literally, physically, really uh, bestows that forgiveness upon us, whether it be through wrestling, listening to wrestling with the basics. And if that doesn't flummox you, I don't know how it would. <laughs> Can you imagine a guy that would say, I'm going to use Matt and John, and we're going to have some stupid puns, and yet people are going to know that I love them and I've forgiven them their sins. That is the most incredible plan it's I've ever thought. Clay pots, simple vessels, John. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's, you know, that's, that's it. Word and Sacrament brings this, uh, present reality of forgiveness into our lives right here, right now. It's It's been one for us, right? Already at the cross, the empty tomb, and, and now we know that forgiveness right now. God bestows it through his word. 
Yeah, and so I hope people understand that that word in sacrament. I, I think that can come across as just some kind of catchphrase. But mm-hmm. no, what we're mm-hmm. what we're saying is that when you hear Jesus tell you, as He's telling you right now, that He loves you and your sins are forgiven, and there's nothing that is going to separate you from Him. As you said, this dear gal that you had the funeral for, He knows her. He will always know her. He will never forget her. Uh, that's that's the word. And and when He comes in baptism, and and again, it's it's not water. Water is just water, but this is water that has his promise, has his command, his beautiful statement that this will wash away our sins. And again, and, and man, we struggle with this now because we're having trouble doing the Lord's Supper because of the separations and the uh, social distancing and everything. But again, that that simple statement of Jesus Christ, this is my body and blood for you for the forgiveness of sins. That's all very real and very true. Um so so anyway, that that that's what these virgins have. They've they've got you can call it faith, you can call it forgiveness, you can call it gospel, you can call it word and sacrament, uh, but they've got the thing, and that's what makes the difference. Um, I, I want to throw in something here before I forget uh, uh, Pastor Bittner, because I, yeah. I thought he had the really best insight and that he pointed out we, we need to be ready, right? That's the point. We need to be prepared for when the bridegroom returns. And, and it might be a while. So we, it's easy to get complacent. It's easy even for us to kind of uh, drift off into sleep. But we need to be ready and prepared. And and what Pastor Bender said that I really liked, he said, you've got to remember it's Jesus who prepares us. Yeah, and that's I, nice. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah, that's it. This you know, isn't it. Go ahead, Matt. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead, John. No, I was just going to say, this isn't a thing to make us, oh, oh, no, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm prepared or not. Because the answer to that question is, obviously, you're not. <laughs> not right, you no yeah, but but that's the thing. Turn to word and sacrament. It's Jesus who is, and how did how did he say it? He said, he, he has and he is. That was his phrase. He has and he is preparing us. Now, I'm sorry I interrupted you, Matt. Oh, no, I was just going to second what you said, what Pastor Bittner said about that that readiness. And I just think... Every generation, that's our task. I mean, we think back to that, those first generation, you know, Christians, uh, you know, following the early church, they thought Jesus was going to return in their generation. Um, and then we think of uh, Luther's day, you know, Luther and others. Oh, Jesus is surely going to return. Things are so terrible right now. Um, and we, I don't know, we kind of look back. I, I think sometimes we're tempted to think, oh, they, they didn't know how bad things were going to get, you know, and here we are 500 years later, if they had any idea. But, but no, they were doing the right thing. Uh, every generation uh, has to take up that task of thinking Jesus is coming in this generation, that Jesus is coming now um, in my lifetime. <laughs> and to have that attitude, I think, is the right one to have because we're called by Jesus here and in so many other places in the Gospels. Be prepared. Uh, be awake. And so that's our task now uh, in this time and in this place uh, to, as pastors, to recognize that for ourselves, but also to preach it too, uh, to be ready, to be prepared. Uh, the, the time is coming. You know, Matt, and I really, I really like that thought because I honestly hadn't thought of that. Because you're right, if you read through the, the historical record, Christians are constantly thinking, oh my God, the end's got to be coming soon. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and now with COVID and all the stuff that's going on here, we, we're probably, but but you're, that's probably what we are supposed to be thinking because the end could come soon. And so we always, I, I like that thought, Matt. It's just, that's probably the proper attitude to have, even if it might not come back for a thousand years. But what, what was Luther's quote supposedly when someone 
when I asked him if the world was going to come to end tomorrow, he said, well, I'm going to go plant a tree. Yeah, an apple <laughs> so, tree, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it, it could very well. And I'm going to go ahead and live in my life and doing you what bet. I need to do now. Now, I've, I've saved the best for last minute. Oh, okay. Well, because here's, here's the detail that I think just puzzles a lot of people. And just wonder if you have any insights. Because the puzzling thing is, so, so we got the wise virgins. We know those are the people that have word and segment, have gospel, faith, forgiveness, whatever you want. But why is it when the other virgins come and say, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out, the wise answer saying, since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. That seems kind of unchristian, doesn't it? That they're not willing <laughs> yeah. to share their, their, their oil uh, with the others. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I think it's a, a sobering statement, especially if that yeah. oil is indeed faith, forgiveness, like we talked about, um, we are not saved by someone else's faith. Uh, we're mm. not saved by someone else's forgiveness. Um, no, it is it is Christ for us. Um, no, that's uh, he gives that faith to us in a very personal way. And I think of our baptism in particular. Uh, no, that's we're not saved by someone else's faith or forgiveness. But no, it's Christ's work in my life. And what he's done for me. Uh, so I think that's a sobering statement, though, no doubt. So so faith is for us. That's what Jesus Christ says. This yeah, is the for body you. of yeah. heaven for you, for you, yeah. And, and so it can't be. And, and I think that's probably the answer uh, that we can't be saved by other people's faith. I, I uh, Pastor Kaysman, again, though, had a, a, an interesting thought that, that uh, you know, you're not going to be able to go buy this from the dealers. <laughs> And maybe there's kind of an irony or sarcasm in that, that they say, well, go, you know, go to the dealers and buy it. And, and of course, they, they think they can do that. Because honestly, see, as the Bible testifies, this thing we're talking about, faith, forgiveness, gospel, word, say, no, you can't buy that. You can't purchase it. It's something that's given you. And so maybe that's kind of the fundamental misunderstanding between the wise and the foolish virgins. There's still this thought that there's something we can do to get it when, in fact, it's something that is is given to you. So, again, I thought that was kind of an interesting thought from Pastor Kaysman. Um, this has been fun uh, talking about the uh, virgins with you, Matt. And, and Yeah, uh, new, new insights and a familiar account. Thanks, John. And it's always fun to get other uh, pastors and wives and other things involved in this. And we hope everybody has enjoyed uh, this episode of Wrestling, Wrestling with, the, with basics. the Basics. <laughs>